0: And here I am, Doctor Lisa. It's time for Dr. Lisa Gives A Shit. I give a shit, you know? Thanks for joining us today. I am really I am really, really excited uh to be here for like a whole bunch of reasons. Mostly is I'm out of my own house where my dog is sick, uh, because we took her for shots at the vet yesterday. And um She's a wuss. She's a fucking pussy, my dog, and she hasn't recovered. So it was depressing, and I'm glad to be here. Anyway, um, before I get started, I want you guys, you guys have to come to the Radio Free Brooklyn Family Fundraiser Rock Concert for our fall Back to Cool. uh, I'm not going to read that again, but Fundraiser Rock Concert is what I was not going to read again. (laughs) But anyway, it's on Saturday, September 10th at 8 p.m. It's got these incredible Brooklyn bands, the uh, Dead Leaf Echo, Falling Birds, Drew Cutler, and the Heart and Hand Band, Amos Rose. Uh, I want to tell you, on a personal note, like, I went to the last fundraiser, and it was really seriously one of the wackiest, most awesomest nights of... uh, I really can't say my life, because that would be a really long archive but (laughs) it was totally totally memorable and like just like weird like that weird vibe that is really hard real weird authentic vibe hard to find these days um but anyway not only will you be treated to these great bands but there will also be dj's prize giveaways, drinking dancing Fucking, I just put that in there, and hmm. a whole buttload of fun. Butt-fucking, maybe. Proceeds from this event will go towards keeping RFB on the air and defraying some of the costs of our expansion into our new storefront on DeKalbuffin Avenue in Bushwick. The event will be held at the Unit J Loft, 338 Moffat Street, Bushwick. Take the L train to Wilson. you got to be 18 or older. Uh, tickets are 8 in advance, 10 at the door. More information. Go to Radio Free Brooklyn slash fundraiser. I'm serious, folks. I mean, I, I, it is. I am obligated to read most of that, even the improv part I just put in there. But I'm seriously like, this is going to be cool. So uh, we come to our guest. It's time to introduce our guest. Um, (laughs) Guest. We have Evan Leslie
1: Jones. Yeah, what's up? Hey, man. He's
0: a stand-up comic. And uh, there's something special that I want to tell you is that uh, because on, in honor of Evan, who does a lot of work, uh, what's what's the name of your TV, your web series?
1: Oh, uh, Stoner on the Street?
0: Yeah, Stoner on the Street, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. So,
0: I mean, I, I don't have to have my arm twisted for a good reason to get stoned. So, uh, <laughs> I'm just telling you right now that... Uh, Evan and I uh, shared a pot cookie about, 20, yeah. what was it, 20 minutes ago?
1: Yeah, probably about maybe slightly less. Hour? Yeah. Less? More? Less more. Who knows? So this is my <laughs>
0: hope. This is my hope, Evan, yeah. that we get more and more stoned as we go. Yeah. Yeah?
1: I think that'll happen with the edibles. We'll yeah. get more stoned as we go through the day after this also probably. Yeah. So
0: so So stick with us. See what happens. Uh, so... Evan and I have never... Have we met? You look sort of familiar. We might have been in the same room, huh? Uh,
1: I don't think we've met. But
0: we never met. Yeah. Until right now. Yeah. So, and we... I avoided talking to Evan and asking him too many things because I want to save it all for for you. So, Evan and I are getting to to know each other, or I'm going to interrogate Evan on the air, uh, having really never met him, and why he continually why we both continually get more and more stones. So this is going to be great. I'm really excited. Oh yeah. Don't you think?
1: Yeah, we're jumping in.
0: Okay. So um you know I really like to do some real therapy on the show if, uh if we can. But um there's just a few things that like when I was I was watching your stuff and thinking about you so I just wanted to like we have to talk well we have to talk but um so, first of all, your name is Evan Leslie Jones, right? Yeah. So, wh- I mean, Leslie Jones is such a hot topic these <laughs> days, but why do you use three names?
1: Well, originally, um, I was going to go with just Evan Jones, but that was the name of the guy who played Cheddar Bob in 8 Mile, like oh, officially, out. O- officially on SAG. So, I was like, oh, there's still my middle name that has like a ring to it anyway. And a couple years later, I heard Leslie Jones on a WTF podcast. Oh, yeah, that was was so great. I was like, all right, well, she's she's a stand-up, but, like, you know, hopefully she'll remain at, like, this medium level so we can both have this name. And then now she's, like, an A-list celebrity. (laughs) So it's, like, actually at one point people on, like, there was these uh, strange, like, this one cam girl stripper Mm -hmm. quoted one of my tweets and tried to, like, Twitter shamed me once. It was very bizarre, but there was these girls that were like, He's just using that so he can bank off Leslie Jones's fame. <laughs> I was like <gasps> I was like, What are you talking yeah, like like I'm getting booked instead of Leslie Jones. <laughs> They're like No, yeah, he's basically the same person. Like <laughs> but um No, and now it's weird because every time something terrible happens to her because of fucking crazy-ass, you know, I trolls know. on the internet, there's some, like, t- egg avatar on Twitter will have some joke about, like, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah just happened to you. And if it doesn't make sense to me, I'm like, oh, shit, something happened to Leslie Jones. Oh, uh, wow. Well, <laughs> I'm the first to know because but, it's my middle name. But
0: you know what <laughs> also so weird is, like, just, like, what happened, like, last night, you know, that um they ha- somebody, like, hacked her... Yeah. Or a website. I mean, you know all about that, right? Yeah,
1: I literally found out about it because of a Twitter egg avatar person making a joke about it. And I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? And I started seeing other people's comments about, like, I can't believe they did that. And then I I, know, I was just, like, looked it up after that and was like, well, fuck. That's
0: <laughs> horrible. You know, the yeah. FBI is on it, which is great.
1: Yeah, I mean, not that I, like... Trust them to catch them at all. <laughs> but, no, but
0: I mean, at least yeah. like, at least like the government is, you know, is stand- is sticking by her.
1: Yeah. When it comes to hacking stuff, I think they're. All- it's also in their interest because they want those people are a danger to them also. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. They're like, that's oh, true.
1: oh, a cop shot somebody. Yeah, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> <It's> crazy, <laughs> that's not a danger right? to us specifically. <laughs>
0: yeah. So anyway, so uh, that 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 is really that is really intense,
1: yeah, what's going um, on
0: with her, so it's so weird for you right?
1: yeah, uh, I mean it's uh it is slightly actually I tweeted about it once and she retweeted it like a joke about having her middle name and getting booked instead of her, and so that was pretty cool, but uh, I mean
0: so she's aware of you.
1: I mean, for like a minute a year ago when she retweeted it, but
0: uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: but uh, yeah, I mean, aware enough, probably. You know, no, I'm not the first thing on her mind. But no, um, but
0: she. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Anyway, yeah. um, that is really funny how life, how that happens. Yeah, it's fucking they're crazy. Really
1: yeah, it's crazy that they're going at her this hard. Uh, I mean, over like literally, it's like a mix of just the fact that she was in the recreation of a nerd movie that she's a black woman and that she had anything to do with that fucking Milo dude getting kicked off of Twitter.
0: Oh, you know what? It's just so fucked up. It's just, yeah. you know, it's just the kind of hate. I mean, people people that want to hate it's not even about what they're hating they're just like here's a good chance for me to hate put out some hate that's yeah what, that's how i say those are like the trump supporters
1: i mean it's like well, it's all
0: coming ahead now which is cool because maybe yeah. people will maybe we all will take responsibility for like the fact that those people are living among us the real haters you know that's part of our yeah. society so let's get back to you evan leslie jones all right um so anyway, let's find out some, like, just basic shit. So how old are you, Evan? You're a young man. Uh,
1: I'm 26.
0: 26. Yeah. And you've been, where, where'd where you go to college?
1: Uh, I went to college for, like, a semester in Virginia at Old Dominion University, and then I dropped out and came to New York that same year, yeah, like, later that year.
0: Because to do stand-up?
1: To do acting stuff.
0: Uh, so, were you one of those acting theater kids?
1: Um, well, that because that was the only acting options in high school and college. I was, but I fucking hated theater. I just hated. It. <laughs> Why? I hated. It. It's just not fun. The people, the, a lot of the people involved with it, even though they're super nice, I just they're too much. It's they're like too... not.
0: It's it's there. It's a little humorless, isn't it? When it's it not comes that, down to it. It's
1: not that it's humorless. I mean. It, their their brand of humor is not my brand of humor. And, like, things that theater people are into, I'm not. It's very mm-hmm. over the top. It's very, like, even off stage, everyone's always, like, just dancing around and singing and very in your face. And it's yeah. just, I'm just like, no, I'm, not, I'm not about this.
0: I hear yeah, um, It's a little too, yeah, I know. I know what yeah. you mean. I know what you mean. Also,
1: just the performance of being in a play is not fun to me. Like, mm. it feels very, I'm like, let's make a fucking movie. Like, this isn't. You know the 1800s. <laughs> it's
0: yeah. So it didn't. But did you do theater? Like like yeah. You must I did a lot
1: tra- because that yeah. I did like I did a I did it in high school like a, I started in like seventh or I did like.
0: Can you sing?
1: I did a singing training See, and lessons. Yeah.
0: That's you had singing lessons.
1: Yeah, a lot of in,
0: them. Oh, and so you can sing well. That's the whole problem. That's how you wind up in theater.
1: Oh yeah. It's like
0: kids that draw well wind up in art.
1: <laughs> Well, actually, I, I wasn't a good singer, but I wanted to be a singer more than an actor. and so I took I was in a death metal band in high school. Oh cool. And I would just scream and growl and stuff. and then uh, once I got to New York, I started taking singing lessons from this guy, Breck Allen, who was fucking amazing. and I like learned how to sing and almost it was like that at one point I had quit comedy and was just doing like martial arts and singing for almost a year.
0: That's weird.
1: And then uh, singing got me. I did musical improv just because it was like a thing connected right. to comedy with music, and right. then like slowly got back into right. grinding open okay. mics and stand up. So do you have? So. Can you
0: sing us like two two lines from uh, like a, a a musical theater song, and then we can move on from this? Please. I don't
1: know any musical theater at all. You I, don't. I, I, like I hate even. How when about I, a
0: Beatles song? How about like yesterday? Um, we I just want to hear your voice. Come on. I
1: haven't sang in years. It's okay, been so that's long. why
0: you have to do it.
1: Oh man. Come on, I got
0: you high. <laughs> I got you all high, right. Evan. Um, Lighten up. Song I,
1: the song I got best at singing during my lessons was the Stone Sour song Bother. Okay. So I guess I'll try and sing that with cool. no instruments. Um man, I get so self conscious about singing. Really? This why. is so awesome. Yeah. We,
0: wow, this is great. Okay. Right. Um, I'm 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 with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna clap. This is all everyone out there in Radio Land supporting you. All right. Yay, Evan, we wanna hear this. Yay. Um, I'm just Thank sing the you, chorus, Evan. I guess.
1: Um you don't need to bother man it's so bad sorry i'm so off i, I oh, can't do this was right good. now i'm sorry i like
0: that i like that, that though that was terrible oh i could see i could see a little justin bieber in there
1: No. that was great <laughs> thank you oh, okay so
0: let's imagine what it's like to be your parents Wh- where did you grow up
1: um i was born in california and then when i was 11 i moved to germany oh. and was there from like 11 to 17 and mm-hmm. at 17 i moved back to Virginia for like a year and then came to New York.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you have sisters or brothers?
1: Uh, No, I'm an only child.
0: And what do your parents do?
1: My mom works in preschools on military bases, so she's like a civilian working Mm -hmm. for the military. Mm -hmm. And then my dad was like a stay-at-home dad that like cooked and cleaned and stuff. And then when I was 21 or two, my parents got divorced, and so he's just like, Temping now. He like moved to Hawaii because the rest of his family is there, mm. and so he's just like temping. I'm not sure exactly what he's doing. Job Are you wise. in touch with him? Yeah.
0: Um. So, did your parents get along when you were growing up?
1: Yeah, for the most part. I mean, as much as any. But
0: but it's a. It sounds a little bit like an unusual dynamic. No.
1: Uh, Meaning,
0: like you had a, you know, stay-at-home dad and your mom. I mean, it's unusual to work on army bases. Right. Um, I mean, like, yeah. well, I don't know. It just sounds fucking freaky to me. That's all.
1: Because um, well, I'm we, really we normal. We weren't, like, living on the army bases no. ever. Even in Germany, we were living off. So it's like my dad wasn't around military people or, like, involved with any of that at all. Mm-hmm. And my mom was just a civilian, so it was more just like she would go to work. But, but I, I mean, mean,
0: like, it's really unusual to have a stay-at-home dad all those years, no?
1: Not real. I mean, he was better at cleaning and cooking and stuff than mm-hmm. her. Uh, yeah. So it just kind of made sense.
0: Did it seem normal? Weren't yeah. your parents worried about money, though? Didn't they want him to go to work?
1: I mean, no. They. My mom made enough, and she, they thought it was more valuable to have a parent at home taking care of a kid than having two parents working.
0: Whoa. That sounds really ideal. I mean... It, Idealized.
1: It makes more sense. It's not like we never... Yeah. Lived extravagant lives ever. Right. so it's not like we needed this income of money. Like we didn't have cable or like a CD player until I was ten or like a computer. There wow. was no I didn't have like video games to buy really until I was eleven. I mean, I had like a an allowance. I would get my own video games eventually, but um,
0: so you didn't so did you have less than your friends or was that yeah kind way of... less <laughs> So Especially How was that? California. How is that? Um, was that weird? Or how did that make you feel is really what The Shrink would say.
1: (laughs) How did it make me feel? Um, Yeah, I felt poorer than kids. Uh, Just I, like, wanted – I had no connection to pop culture because I had no cable or older siblings or, like, modern music, and so I felt, like, very disconnected socially. And then Mm -hmm. also I have, like, a bunch of learning disabilities, so I've been in special ed since, like, third grade, so it's, like – I'm disconnected in the classroom from what how the way you're supposed to learn and I'm also disconnected socially. So definitely like very much an outsider.
0: But didn't you ever think like I wish dad would get a job so I can get the damn CD player?
1: I guess, but then I I saw kids whose both of their parents worked and like their parents were never around. So <laughs> you
0: so you were conscious of like that it was a trade-off and you were happy with that?
1: Yeah. Just because my parents oh. were such good and supportive parents in general mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. time. So I you're recognized... really close with them. Yeah.
0: That's cool. Where you, you must have been upset when they split up, huh?
1: No, because at that point I wasn't – like my dad really didn't become frustrating until after I graduated high school and he oh. sort of went into that psychological state of the, that moms go into when they feel oh. like – But it's, like, a mix of that plus a mix of, like, masculinity, I think, maybe. Like, I've been out of work so long I can't get a job with enough money for it. He didn't have a college degree. And then also it's, like... It's a mix of that plus he doesn't have the kid there that was, like, his responsibility so to So interesting. Be a dad. You know, that makes yeah. so
0: much sense because women go through that all the time. And it would yeah. make so much sense. It's so interesting. It's like, mix
1: that with, like, wow. masculine pride and it becomes almost double. So doubled. that's interesting. <laughs> he had
0: some masculine pride in there. I think that, so. he wants really to That is really interesting. But, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that, you know. I uh, give your dad a big shout-out for, like, um, oh, yeah. being, like, really cool about um, playing yeah. the domestic and he partner was good role. At I love that. that. Like, really and good And he at was that. really good at it. He's not a lazy guy.
1: Not in that regard. Um uh-huh.
0: Because it sounds lazy. I picture housewives sitting around eating bonbons. It does. It just fucking does.
1: He, Unless he's depressed. And, uh, and that's he... so
0: judgmental of me, too. And, you know, wrong. Wrong and judgmental. I'm just being honest.
1: Um, it's just... He... When it comes to like achieve, he's like got like a fear of success kind of laziness. So when it comes to like uh, achieving a thing that would push him forward towards a thing he's dreamt mm-hmm, about, or if he's working mm-hmm. at like a job, he'll work really hard at the job, but then he'll do something purposely to get himself fired or just quit for no reason. So it's like, it's not laziness as much as self sabotage. Right. And then if he gets depressed, he sleeps a lot. Like he'll uh, just do what he has to do and then sleep or whatever. But. Mm. I don't know if I would describe it as laziness right, necessarily.
0: Right, yeah. right, right. Um, so let's talk about um, your pot smoking, which I just enabled. <laughs> um, so you you tell tell you make a lot of you have a whole series of videos where you're stoned. We, we yeah right. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Uh, Stoner on the street. My roommate and like comedy partner uh, Steven Spinola. He was taking a sketch class at UCB. And he just wrote this idea stoner on the street, and everybody in this class thought it was really funny. So it's just it was very simple. So we just do our – It's basically like a, a uh, not a satire, but like I guess a satire of those man on the street segments you'd right. see. And I'm just I get really fucking high and I go out and and do man on the street. And I, I look kind of normal, and I'm dressed in a suit, except my eyes look really look stoned. really stoned. But I, I don't look them in the face, so they think they're doing this normal interview, but I keep, like, forgetting uh, questions and, like, asking weird weed questions when they're so, not appropriate. And so, then they realize I'm high, and they're like, oh, what the fuck is going on?
0: <laughs> so are you—is part of that field by being high, or is part of that field, like, this is how I'm going to—I'm high, but I'm going to act high?
1: I we, I get super high, so I have the look anyway, and right. then I also play it up. To a degree just for comedic effect I we have certain beats and like stephen will be directing me with certain ideas we had that we thought would be funnier like questions we thought would be funny mm-hmm. and i just kind of like i also i listen to I, I watched a lot of um when i was I, when i was living in germany some of the only shows in english on mtv were like ollie g and borat and stuff so i kind of watch how uh. sasha Cohen will like Take oh, people's yeah. words. He'll like take a segment of the words they're saying in this foreign with this foreign character and like flip it on them and make make them confused and like act like he doesn't understand. So I'll do I'll sort of listen and do the same thing and like take bits and segments and like kind of poke people and mm-hmm. push their buttons and fuck with them. That,
0: that's a great that's a great influence. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to remind people that they're listening to uh, Doctor Lisa uh, having a psychoanalytic analytic conversation while they're both high with Evan Le- Leslie Jones on Radio Free Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, there, I said it. See, I'm so worried because I'm high that I'm going to forget it. That oh, I'll probably say it like three times. <laughs> I'm supposed to say it three times, but I'll probably yeah. say like 20. <laughs> anyway, so let's talk about your relationship with marijuana. Like how right. much marijuana do you, do you really I mean, you have a character that's marijuana-based, but that could mean anything, right?
1: Um, I pretty much smoke it from like waking up to going to sleep every day.
0: So you spend all day every day stoned?
1: Kind of. I mean, for me it's it's I'm at a point with it tolerance-wise where like it's mostly just suppressing anxiety and like keeping me in the moment. It's not really like super fucking like recreationally high or like dis- incapacitated.
0: Ah. Uh. But um, but so you feel like you you need it. Yeah. Need it to be normal.
1: Uh, or I need if, it to
0: function in the way.
1: Yeah, need it to just not, not be completely scatterbrained and all over the place.
0: So do you feel like it helps you focus?
1: A lot, yeah. It helps me with ADD more than anything I've ever tried to help me with my ADD.
0: Wow. Have you talked to doctors about that?
1: I had a therapist once who I him working with me convinced him that medical marijuana was actually a good thing. Like it changed his mind on the whole idea of it.
0: <laughs> oh you 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 actually
1: Yeah, he's like you're the first person I've seen that like smokes at this level and is like a functional person and can use it as like a an anti anxiety uh, medication. So
0: do they worry that there's any gonna be any physical
1: no. harm? No.
0: You don't think that they're or, or that it's going to fuck with your head, or they're, you mm-hmm. you think it's completely harmless?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look at the actual studies that have been done, it, mm-hmm. it it's not just harmless; it's like very beneficial in a lot of ways.
0: Mm-hmm. And how about smoking? Is smoking bad for you,
1: um, or you don't smoke? It most does? most of the things that you that when you mm-hmm. smoke a cigarette that are bad for you are added chemicals and things that are in nicotine. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really felt negative physical Mm -hmm. effects from smoking just straight weed you're
0: You're also 26
1: um yeah i guess well that's (laughs)
0: interesting so have you i mean you know of course we of course as the psychotherapist i have to ask you if you're an addict but i mean that's not even a relevant question but are you addicted to anything else do you drink no
1: not at all drink a little bit but it's just i don't enjoy the feeling of it Mm um i would say i'm addicted i i I've had video game addiction in my life, but I'm very good at noticing it and quench like squishing it in the mm-hmm, bud. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm addicted to comedy in a way that's like unhealthy. <laughs> what
0: does that mean? Uh,
1: like going to mics and like forcing myself to get on stage when even when I'm not feeling it and like letting it control my entire I mean, I guess it's my career, so it makes sense, but like I don't work out as much as I used to and i don't sing anymore and it's like i don't do things that would make me a happier person because i'm forcing myself to do comedy past the past the point of maybe uh diminishing returns at, at some points so
0: what um so you're obsessed with being being a like what what is do you have like what's motivating you i mean is there a goal or i mean um, or is there like what do you think is motivating you to 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 be so driven I about it, I guess. I mean, what do you get out, get out of it? I guess there's so many different things you could be getting. So.
1: The only times that I don't have this underlying sense of anxiety is after a good set or after tripping on acid. <laughs> so it's like, it's like it's the only thing that like silences all the questions is mm-hmm. doing well. But the percentage that you're able to do well not not performance wise necessarily but that you get a good audience and things line up is like you have to keep rolling the dice out there um so yeah i guess it's the only thing and also it's like sort of my only option career wise i've come to at this point and like the only thing i've ever performance wise been like naturally gifted at um mm-hmm. so it's like i don't want to squander the one thing that keeps me grounded hmm,
0: interesting so, um, do you have like a career goal? Like, as far as like what, like, what you, what, um, you, like, what, what you would like to see happen next? Even just next, like, mm-hmm. right on a TV show, or is there something you're working towards? I think that's the question. Something specific, or next, or I, just are you just improving your work?
1: At this point, I, I need to do something that's gonna make it a living whether and i mean i'm probably have to leave new york for that at some Mm -hmm. point but like i want to be able to work the road enough that i can make like thirty thousand a year or something or 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 like yeah basically making at least half a living off of it would be nice at this point
0: so you would like uh, and we spoke earlier you cobble together a bunch of other jobs yeah so
1: yeah i would like to not that aren't comedy related
0: but anyway so the thing is is that um So, like, right now, you would be happy just being, like, a road comic driving all over America and doing all that
1: weird shit? That'd be so fucking amazing.
0: Have you had any gigs? or Have you gotten some?
1: I've had, yeah, I've had, uh, me and Steven have done a lot of road work, but nothing, Uh the performances have been shit. Not they've gone from shit to like very valuable, amazing club spots. I would have never Mm -hmm. gotten in New York because the scene is too dense and too clicky or whatever. Right. Too political. Like some of the best shows I've ever had, like packed out clubs all Mm -hmm. over. Um, I've done like Florida, Mm -hmm. Dallas, Tennessee, Virginia Mm -hmm. Beach, um, Connecticut. So like all over the East Coast and some in the South, but. yeah, they've been amazing, but then the money is never there. Like, we're either breaking even or losing money every time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like I'd like to be able to actually do that mm-hmm. and make a living with that. Mm-hmm. That think, sounds real. Yeah. I mean,
0: that sounds – and you're young, you know, and TV. you've been doing comedy since '09. you said? Yeah. And you have a partner, right?
1: Yeah. Um, That's
0: really helpful, right?
1: Yeah, it's been super beneficial. I mean, if really, if it wasn't for mm-hmm. him coming in, I wouldn't have gotten any of the road work he started in Canada and uh, mm-hmm. did it he made a lot he got in a car crash and like got a big insurance settlement and used nice. the money to like sort of bolster his ability to tour and like do these DIY oh. tours and buy equipment and stuff. And mm-hmm. so he had gone out and made these connections mm-hmm. and I had been in New York for mm-hmm. years and years just grinding open mics mm-hmm. to not much avail. like I mm-hmm. wasn't socially popular. I wasn't mm-hmm. people didn't want to hear what I had to say really. And mm-hmm. so um, he came, and he really liked my shit. And so we became friends, and then roommates. And so he started taking me on the road, and it really—he took me to Montreal Oh, I did Montreal. I did uh, really? just for laughs with him. It's like this, really, yeah. And um, did he, took, he
0: do just? Did he get booked? Did you both get booked, or did you just go there? Or? We under w- what capacity? <laughs> uh,
1: we got booked for there's this. There was just for laughs, and then I don't think they do it anymore. But they had a. A branch of Just for Laughs mm-hmm. called Zoo Fest with ah, like nice. crazier themed shows, and so nice. we just did the of Boys. Uh, he did nice. half an hour. Uh, can
0: of Boys! Yeah, is yeah. he part of that with you? Yeah, he's that the other Cana Boy. Canna Boys.
1: Um, so he he opened. He did half an hour, and then I did like forty five to an hour headlining spot. Wow. And we just did that for the last week of, uh, and it went well. Uh, it was, the crowds were sparse, but it was fun. Like any festival, it's hard. It's, it was, every time we've gone to Montreal, though, they've just been so good and put me up at clubs, and Montreal, uh, Canadian audiences are better at listening and absorbing comedy than American audiences, so they, they appreciate my style, I think, a lot more than, uh a lot of New York audiences. Right. But so,
0: okay, so uh I get the picture. I get the picture of it. So yeah. let's talk about something that uh is on your mind. What 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 is on your mind lately? Let's let's think about that.
1: Um like leaving New York basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: thinking is that something you're thinking about doing?
1: Yeah, I put like so much in to build a reputation here mm-hmm. and and a- every time I feel like I'm putting a lot in and not getting much back out of it. Like the shows are great, but then when it comes to like actually getting booked on real club spots or any kind of recognition from industry or uh, mm-hmm. it's not happening. And like the mm-hmm. clubs have – I have zero club heat other than like mm-hmm. the the roast I've been doing at the stand. You know, mm-hmm. no, one, no one's interested in my set. No one's interested – they're not even that they're not interested in my style is that they don't even want to hear it because it's another straight 20 something white guy they're like we don't need another one of you and i'm like yeah but you don't you don't know my perspective or where i'm going to come from so, in this at all <laughs> so
0: do you think part of that it sounds like politics
1: it's a mix of that i'm not the most social guy i don't drink a lot so i'm not like getting fucked up with everyone
0: there's a lot of drinking right
1: you well, yeah i mean I, I hang out with the potheads but that isn't going to get you booked like getting drunk with someone will, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I'm doing better at that. But, yeah, I'm not the most social person. I have a lot of social anxiety, especially around people I admire as comics. So Mm -hmm. it makes for a lot of weird interactions. Mm -hmm. Um, And just I I started here. So there's certain people who have known me since I was terrible. And I've gone through so many different personas and styles that – I think there's a lot of baggage about who people think I am oh. or who they want me to be in their head, oh. and uh, I can't really shake that in a lot of regards.
0: Oh, so they, they, they yeah. already, like, saw you, like, ten years, nine years, oh, yeah. nine, and they're like, oh, that wasn't very good because you were, like, beginning. Yeah, exactly. Right, and they're like, I'm not going back to see that.
1: Yeah, and Oh, it's, that's
0: fucked up, but uh, you know what? I mean, yeah. I'm in enough creative communities to know that.
1: But I mean, you you hear on but podcasts. You know what? I'm gonna, yeah.
0: yeah, I was gonna say. You know, um, maybe I'm getting a little more stoned. But I'm gonna say, like, I I have a really good feeling. about I mean, I get a really good sense of you. Uh, I'm. I want you to know that I really like you. I want you oh, to trust you. me. Yeah. But um, you present in a way that is not friendly and i'm gonna say that and i I, yes. I don't even say unfriendly and i'm not even gonna say i mean you were kind of friendly to me you can't no one like i can't no one cannot be friendly to me because yeah. i am friendly to people that hate me <laughs> and don't want me to i i used to have this guy my neighbor that hated me because i had a dog for two days and um he wouldn't look at me in the street and i would just yell <laughs> out, hi john <laughs> hey! yeah so um But and I but you know what it is, I did feel like I had to work a little bit to make you feel comfortable in the beginning, like before we got on the air. And and it was in my head that uh, that um, this guy, uh, I mean, I saw your work and I was like, he's smart. You know, I was like, I'm glad to have this guy on, believe me. But I was just like, oh, he's he's a little bit of a freak. You know what I mean? He's not going to be like chill immediately.
1: Um, well, I mean, especially before I do anything that's like podcast or stand up, I'm very much in my head. That's like peak anxiety mode. So I'm just like going th- like trying to filter through my own anxiety I in my figured. head. I figured. Yeah. And
0: also, I mean, you can't imagine the array of people I have here or even yeah. the array of people involved in the station. Yeah. Freaks are my life. I'm one of them. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, so interactions with me are going to vary drastically pre-show or pre-podcast and mm-hmm. then post-show and post-podcast. But you
0: know what else? You know what else? I'm going to tell you this, too. Yeah. Uh, is that, um, I mean, you know, it's funny because I had it in my notes that I was going to ask you about Aaron Glazer, and then I had, like, a bunch of things, and so I was like, maybe this is something we'll talk about. Because he's, <laughs> he's, so I immediately, like, the way... Like my most superficial impression of you is I would put you in the that white guy that white guy Bernie yeah. Bro category.
1: Yeah, everyone would. And, they all do when they see the yeah. And,
0: but that's that's a problem. Is that a problem?
1: It's the it's probably one of the biggest problems I face is like people immediately when I get on stage people are expecting. I think they're ex, they're expecting like, either like Dane Cook shit yes! to come out of me or they're expecting yes! like Daniel Tosh type like very yes! edgy racial jab and not not to downplay any either of those guys but like
0: no, but they expect a... like
1: broy like and then she fucking suck my dick or they expect me to yeah. be like um you know like pushing people's buttons on purpose and then when i get up there and i talk about like you know universal love or like <laughs> i take shots at you know the prison industrial complex or something or i'm just like very weird people it's like jarring for people
0: right right so what i'm saying is like when i first my very very first impression of you was like i was going to ask you i mean i i work on instinct but i was thinking oh this guy is going to have something really horrible something <laughs> he's going to stand up for aaron For uh, uh, Aaron Glazer, we can have a big fight. It'll be fun. (laughs) But then I realized after I spoke to you for a while that, like, I mean, I didn't, like, think about it consciously, but I just skipped over it. So what I'm saying is that particularly when I heard you talk about your father right now and his role in your family, like, people – and also that you didn't have money growing up and you sacrificed. You know, you you had a dad instead of a CD player. Like people don't <laughs> get that about you.
1: No, they see they see upper middle class like suburb guy. They think I, I'm like college educated. Like, I don't know. <laughs> they, yeah,
0: no, they think you're something you're that you're not. So I'm, why don't you deal with that? Why don't you like change your look? Or I mean, I think it's hurting you. That's me.
1: Um, this is the most accessible look I've had so far.
0: Why? Let me look at you. Wait, I can't even really see you. We got this.
1: Um, especially with, like, the facial hair and the curly hair. It's like people are the most open to listening to what I have to say when I look like this. I've, I've done experiments, actually. I did a commercial where I was, like, clean-shaven and in a suit, and so I just went straight from the commercial to open mics to, like, see how my jokes would go over as a clean-cut guy in a suit, and that's the first time people were like, fuck this guy, to, like, the, the uh, uh, to literally to my face you from need- the audience. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're so wrong. Yeah. Um, Also, I love how devoted you are to your work. I mean, I'm always for that. Although, although I do want to ask you about girls because I have a feeling they're they're getting the short end of the stick on this. (laughs) Um, But uh, so what I'm saying is, is that um, you know, it'd be really interesting. Have you thought of this? Um, Getting an actor. That you cast a friend or somebody who has, like, the the image that you think people would respond to and have them do your set? Yeah. Have you done it or thought about it?
1: No, because my set is so much about... You,
0: you can't... You couldn't do it.
1: it yeah, it's, like, very, it. a very specific style with, like, very specific mm-hmm. <laughs> timing. And mm-hmm. so, like... Some of the jokes are written in a way that they would work, but other ones he wouldn't be able to pull it off. Mm. And I, I almost write more like that now anyway, because then no one can steal from me. So it's like... Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's funny. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It seems like the clothes, but maybe you're right. It's your vibe.
1: I, per- I purposefully lost a lot of muscle over the time that I've been doing stand-up, and it had to do with... Getting cast because I look kind of nerdy in the face right. more than I look muscular. So I stopped lifting. I was like bodybuilding almost at one point, And I stopped lifting to that degree. I, I like stopped martial arts stuff.
0: Glasses. Eyeglasses. Um, Fake eyeglasses. I did well, that once when yeah. I had a job in advertising because <laughs> I felt like I wasn't being taken seriously.
1: Yeah, I had real ones. But the problem is that people fucking hate hipsters. And immediately you put glasses on me. They go from people. Are, they go from either calling me a bro to calling me a hipster, which I'm also not at all. Like I don't. How
0: about dyeing your hair? Have you thought of
1: that? <laughs> I've thought about dyeing a portion of it blue once, just because I thought it'd be cool if like I had a bunch of fans that also dyed their hair blue. But that's like a future weird dream of mine. You
0: know what? I have really good friends that are hair hairdressers or own a salon. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna pick Thorn. Um, they're great. We've talked about <laughs> we've talked about them on the air all the time. Yeah. I'm gonna send them a photo of you and us for their opinion. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna report back because I have a feeling. Yeah, I don't know, but you but you know what's weird is I don't want you to forget that like it's it's like a weird quirk of your superficial appearance that's making it harder for you, not the actual skills.
1: Yeah. Right? It's uh, it's like the most frustrating wall I've run into yeah. for literally the entire time I've but been doing But you're a pr- this.
0: performer. And also, I mean, you're you're a cute young man. It's not like you're bad yeah. looking, you know what I mean? It's not that's like, not necessarily. That would be easier if you mm-hmm. were, right? Uh, Yeah, it's weird. If you were really unattractive, yeah, you'd be in there.
1: Looking being slightly good looking to really good looking in stand up is as a dude especially, I think Mm -hmm. maybe as a woman also, but it's got
0: it's a it's not it's good and bad it has different obstacles. Now when
1: it comes to getting booked when it comes to getting booked though, I think it's it's a bad thing. And I think also relating to other stand up comics is a bad thing because they think that that you've lived that life, you know?
0: people that's your vibe though it's weird that's that's your crust to bear so you're only 26 you get past it so um i want to say again that i want to remind people that i'm really high now by the way (laughs) so they're listening to me uh are you high from that
1: yeah, I feel it. I feel okay. it like in my he body. Okay, feels it
0: for somebody who's like a really hardcore stoner. <laughs> I'm pretty good competition for any stoner. Yeah. But um, anyway, you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. Dr. Lisa gives a shit, and I'm having a really stoned psychological therapy conversation with my good friend, my now, my now good friend Evan Leslie Jones I said. So, um, let me ask you this. So. Okay, so I so you're thinking about leaving New York. I can, I could see that. I could see that to kind of cuz it might help yeah. your work, right? Where people aren't going to put you in that category. Like if you
1: Well, it would just be more that like all the baggage I have of being here. If literally the only people in LA that know me are comics who follow me on Twitter, and I have, like, really big... Yeah, you've
0: got a huge following. How's that?
1: Um, Because
0: you're probably a good writer.
1: It it was the course of I found a way to get followers Mm -hmm. on Twitter, and I just continued to grind that over -hmm. the course of years, and then also that I just put out so much content that's good so often. It's like you can get people easily, but to keep them, you have to have the Mm -hmm. content. Mm -hmm. And I think also comics will use Twitter to upload just one-liners, which is great, but I... Am cultivating a specific character and personality on Twitter. Like I'll say things aren't necessarily jokes, but that develop the persona that I have on Twitter, and I think people really connect to that aspect of it, almost more than the jokes themselves. Mm. Um,
0: so, okay, so girls, let's ask you about girls. So, I, I, this is my fear for you, Evan. My fear for you is that you're so um, focused on your comedy that you're that you're not meeting any girls.
1: That, well, I've always had trouble meeting, like, I get a lot of anxiety, especially around women I'm attracted to, Mm -hmm. so, and I also was not good looking for a a large portion of my life Mm -hmm. when I was younger, so uh, that was always, like, a huge, huge depressing point for me, Mm -hmm. Um, but in 2000, and then I dated a very, like, abusive, negative Improviser girl uh-huh. for about three or three and a half years, um, uh, and from like 21 to 23. Uh, but then after I broke up with her, um, and oh, I was also my dad was sleeping on a cot in the living room of my tiny one bedroom apartment that we were both living in, so that, that didn't help the situation either. But wow, uh, that's yeah. fucked
0: up. Sorry, dad.
1: Uh, but, um, in 2014, I Started to date more casually, and it started to <laughs> open up for me a bit, and mm-hmm. um, this girl I was seeing, she was leaving for England, mm-hmm. and she's a stand-up comic also, and uh, they, this Rebecca, the lady who runs the creek in the cave, was like, right. you should do a naked show as your last show before you go. <laughs> Um, and she was like, I don't know. Cause she was like known for just being body positive and getting naked and like doing crazy shit. And, uh, uh-huh.
0: Rebecca or your girlfriend?
1: The, the girl I was seeing. Uh
0: what's her, can you say her name? Yeah.
1: Her name is Abagalia. Abagal That's a f- stage name.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> Abigail.
1: Yeah. Huh. It's like the only Abigail in the world. So okay. if you look it up, it'll probably. Right. And we weren't like, we'd only been like kind of hooking up for like a month. It wasn't like any sort of dating deep but we were like Mm -hmm. friends and then we started hooking up and she was moving so we're like we'll just keep it
0: so a big what do a naked show rebecca said yeah
1: and Mm -hmm. um i was like yeah if you do it i'll definitely do it and we did it and it was the first thing i ever really did in the new york scene that people like my set i was the first person to go up it was Mm -hmm. all about being naked at like crushed in front of the biggest crowd I had performed yeah. in front of at that point. Like, everyone in the scene was was there, wow. and I, I knew they would be there, and that's why I focused wow. on making the set so good. So
0: cool. And
1: that opened me up as a comic. People started, like, finally staying around at mics and, like, paying attention to my sets, but also it, like, sort of – uh, like, people, everyone was talking about my body being really nice and me having, like, a really big dick. And so that oh, became a thing. Oh, really? And, and it was, <laughs> yeah. And then tell all- me now? <laughs> and so then all of a sudden, everyone is seeing me as this guy that just fucks everybody. Like, I, it made it way easier to meet girls <laughs> and uh, hook up with people. But I, I wasn't That's fucking everybody. That's
0: so funny, everybody. though. Don't you find that hilarious? Yeah. That's what would happen to a woman.
1: It was very weird. It was it was like a simulation. Your dad,
0: your dad. You know, it's so weird. Your dad has such a weird, (laughs) um, example. I mean, I don't know your dad. I don't even really know you. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, I'm just saying, to have that as a role model must be part of the reason you present oddly.
1: Uh, so, you have
0: a weird example of masculinity, even though you yeah. look pretty masculine, I guess. Yeah, people saying. expect yeah, me to give a yeah, shit about so a lot of stuff. I don't yeah, that's give a shit weird. About. Okay.
1: Um. So, then, so it was like what people, and because I was so aloof for so long, people kind of projected who they wanted me to be onto me anyway. Oh,
0: that's great.
1: And so at that point, they, they just used that as like confirmation bias, like this guy is getting laid. And like, I, I, I usually just end up dating girls that, it, like, it, it goes from casual to turning into long-term relationships. I'm not really, like, this crazy fucking fiend, especially compared to...
0: That's so weird. So, yeah. you mean, all of a sudden, like, one day you had all these, like, chicks? Yeah. Like, you, like what was that like? Because you were naked. That is so freaky. Come on.
1: It was like a simulation of what, of what it must feel like to get famous overnight or something. It only lasted... <laughs> It only lasted really heavily for a month, and then it No, kinda... but
0: I mean also because, like, yeah. all of a sudden, like, you yeah. you saw yourself as, like, you know, like a wallflower with girls or something. Now all of a sudden yeah. you're a stud. Like, what it was, was very, that like? It was very... Con- How did you handle that?
1: I couldn't really... It, I was, like, trying to express to people that I was, like, shocked and excited, but it sounded like bragging sometimes. And, like, <laughs> a lot of comics are so self-conscious about not getting laid right. that they were just like, fuck this dude. Like, they already... Saw me as this like <laughs> weird aloof guy who would come to open mics and like, I wouldn't try and impress anyone to open oh, mics. Oh, you're so, everybody's
0: worst nightmare. Yeah.
1: And so I think a lot of people use it as a reason to like, it pushed me forward, but also helped me back because it made the, the reputation of how I look more connected in people's minds. And it's so funny because people would be like, Talk about me like I'm this like dude who just fucks everyone and gets laid, but I'm like you all fuck each other so much more than me, guys bet, and girls. Yeah. Every single comic, every especially the ones that I've heard or that have come up to me, like I am like that. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like you've fucked so many more comics than me. Like you're all full of shit. It's. You it's mean fun. women um,
0: say that too, or men. Women or and both? men,
1: both, and both yeah. of them, I would say, fuck more comics than me. <laughs> it's a very uh, sex positive community for the so, most part. So
0: the people who um. <laughs> Like to fuck comics are probably more the con the fucking the fucking comic fucker the fuck comic fuckers <laughs> yeah the comic comic fuckers that's yeah. what they are right comic comic fuckers <laughs> yeah are probably more conscious of other people fucking or not fucking comics yeah than average right and I, I than yeah the, than the average non fucking comic for no, sure. non okay
1: I don't know I think everyone is pretty up in most people's business. <laughs> But also it's because there was a point in comedy where I distinctively decided not to talk about sex or dating because everyone else was talking about it. Right. And because I purposely didn't talk right. about it, all anyone wanted to know about my personal life is like, who's he fucking? He must be fucking this person, that person. So because I'm not talking about it, they just projected whatever they wanted onto that also. And I never really dispelled the rumors that I was that guy because I thought it was kind of funny. Right. And I uh, got people talking. So... Nice. I th- I was that guy for a little while, but mm-hmm. I think now that I'm becoming more open as myself on stage and just better socially, people are realizing that that was a projection of what they thought I was, at least I hope, because there was even bookers and, like, people that could really make a difference in my career that had this perception of me as, like, this fucking casanova fucks everybody yeah guy, so.
0: you know it's so weird isn't it that i like but but like my impression of you was this guy who um looked like a nice boy uh, sorry i have to do that otherwise <laughs> otherwise i will be flirting with you and i could do that too but um
1: Whatever yeah, um, but no, <laughs> I'm not
0: going to because uh, it's, not, it's not in my dynamic. I had a musician in here about your age, though. I, I you know. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, um, okay, so my impression of you is that you're just, you know, a nice guy and um, probably has trouble asking girls out. You know, I didn't think of you as a, like a stud muffin at all. I thought of you as the op- yeah, kind of the opposite maybe. You yeah. Know, like a nice guy, little, s- not no game. I picture you having no game with girls.
1: I don't, and that was, I still don't. But there's just, uh, I don't know. It must be a mix of like knowing that I'm good at an art, finally, with stand up or something. Mm-hmm. But like, it doesn't matter anymore. I mean, I'm dating someone right now. So but... do you have
0: a girlfriend or is it just yeah. – a... Yeah, so you have a girlfriend. That's good.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm usually the relationship – not that I even like relationships necessarily, but I just – I end up in them and I'm good at them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so – and it's – it's that's what's even weirder to me that I would have this reputation of, like, the guy that fucks all these people because yeah. it's like you couldn't name – any group of people or like girl that i fucked that didn't kind of date for at least a couple months, you know?
0: <laughs> but but yeah, no, i hear you. That's what my impression of you not knowing you is. That's yeah. what i'm saying. So, um, but the thing that's really weird is that that must affect you like to be seen in that way. Yeah. Like what does that make you think? Like you're really misperceived a lot, i guess. <laughs> I mean, well, I guess those things are are also connected, the reason that you're misperceived be, do, with your sexuality and misperceived about whatever yeah. else, right?
1: Um, it's just I've been misperceived in various ways my entire life to the point that it's like, I don't fucking care. It's like just mm. – it's almost cool. Like it's yeah, almost cool like to it. have a part of it being a blank slate where people just project – their insecurities about me onto me Mm -hmm. whether it works out negatively and also because the industry has given so little of a shit about me whether I'm an actor or a singer or Mm -hmm. a comic that like Mm -hmm. I'm also an outsider when it comes to making opportunities and career moves for myself that I I, I almost feel like free not Mm. having to give a fuck like go ahead and project whatever you want I don't have to like I don't have to prove to you who I am like Mm -hmm. just I'm whoever you need me to be in your head you know right (laughs) Um, but
0: um, I wonder if some of that is also very motivating for you. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I wonder if some of that is like, oh, these people. I wonder if you can, if you, you, you probably use that in some way.
1: I'm like very, I'm like unhealthily driven by negativity, I'd say. I, I, I Positivity to a huge degree. But like when people shit on me or like under, um, oh, fucking, what's the word? Like under... Fuck, why can't I think of this word?
0: Because <laughs> you're high.
1: <laughs> um, when people underestimate me, that's it. It's, yeah, uh,
0: it pisses you off, right?
1: Yeah, I get like I get in, like, super aggressive production mode. Or, like, when someone critiques me, I'll either, like, lean into the critique and make that thing good. Or I'll, like, compensate for it in such a huge way that it, like, changes my style and opens me up um, as an artist. <laughs>
0: You know what? I'm kind of like identifying with you in a lot of ways from what you're saying. It's occurring to me. Also, yes, yeah. I'm high. But also, um, <laughs> no, but you know what? Like we were talking a little bit before, like you have learning disabilities, right? Yeah. Like, what, like dyslexia. And...
1: Dyslexia processing problems. So like reading comprehension, uh, writing comprehension, like um, spelling stuff, short-term memory Mm -hmm. problems um time perception problems and like scheduling and um
0: so does does getting high help that
1: yeah it actually
0: makes it better
1: it helps all of it except for the short-term memory (laughs) right (laughs) that's the only that's the only thing but i mean to to quell also on top of learning disabilities i have uh you know fairly severe anxiety -hmm. I'm not, I think my dad has depression and my mom has almost more manic anxiety. So I kind of fall between that Mm -hmm. on some level. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to keep that at bay is worth the short term memory loss. Right.
0: (laughs) Right. I hear you. But um, (laughs) short term memory. So, (laughs) but I was going to say that um, I think that I have some of that. Yeah. Um, You know, dyslexia or whatever. But I, because when I was growing up, um, everybody thought I was stupid.
1: Yeah. Including
0: my own family.
1: Oh, yeah. A lot of people thought I was very. Was
0: very, very unusually stupid. And then I would be really worried that I was never going to. I thought I was going to be like a homeless person because yeah. um, I thought I, I wound up believing I was stupid.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean look, I mean, that's a big thing. Is in but my... your
0: parents like you
1: yeah they they totally understood all the learning disabilities stuff and like pushed harder than the schools did in Mm -hmm. that regard so like i'm really lucky in that sense like i don't think i i don't think i would have had the wherewithal to Mm -hmm. recognize that school wasn't for me and like Mm -hmm. drop out and do stand up and like not get in that student loan debt and like not it's like i i started special ed in third grade Uh. so like I saw what, how bullshit school was so early that I Uh, kind of, I made my plan to escape normal society very young.
0: (laughs) So, and, um, you know what, uh, you know what, uh, Evan, I'm going to give you like a really good grade in mental health. I think. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You know, um, acid helps. No, no. But I think (laughs) that like, um, you know, you, you have a really good sense of what, what of how you you know, what you need to do and you're also really motivated and you also have a relationship with a female. Yeah. And I think that's really healthy. So I'm giving oh, you, you a really a really good grade and I think that um Yeah, I think you've got some obstacles which will make you better artists, right? Yeah. You're dealing with for those sure. obstacles. Um I'll I'll predict that you could have that that T st- V you know, half hour, maybe a Comedy Central half yeah, hour. What, I'm, like five years? I'm also. What are we giving it five? You gotta um, be patient. Might be five.
1: I'm thinking, pr- like, I'm I, I keep landing about one year behind my predictions, maybe two, and uh-huh. a lot of like career moves, whether they happen the way I want them to or not, like my goals. So, uh, probably around like year thirteen of my career, mm-hmm. I'd say. Uh, mm-hmm. for the full hour but i'd like to record one i'm like much better long form i don't get a lot of mm-hmm. opportunities to do mm-hmm. full half hour hour sets in new york but
0: so, so people think you're a lot sadder and, and less confident than you are i think that's what i think that which which then throws them off it's um weird. so it gives you a lot of power
1: it, people some because they underestimate
0: yeah. you and then you get the power yeah and then you're angry at them so you can use that
1: power so <laughs> you're being
0: fucking manipulative asshole now
1: I uh, <laughs> I call it like black magic because uh-huh. like the negativity can fuel you to a degree, but it'll consume you eventually. Mm-hmm. So I try and like use just enough black magic to push myself forward, not enough to get like consumed and hate and well, bitter.
0: Okay, we only have four minutes, so I'm just All gonna right. say Evan, I think your secrets are out. People aren't. You're not gonna be able to play this game with everybody anymore. <laughs> what
1: do you think? Um, I think? It's over for you. I don't know. I think they'll keep projecting whatever they want onto me. Yeah, I guess so.
0: (laughs) So let's make sure that we um, uh, promote whatever crap. No. (laughs) We have to promote whatever you need to promote. All right.
1: Um, September 6th, I'm on Roastmasters at the Stand Comedy Club at 1030. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have a date for it yet, but I do a comedy show called The Only One Tripping where all the comics are on LSD or shrooms. Mm-hmm. And it's super conceptual, got a lot of videos and props and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't give away the venue for that, but just. Is
0: it, is it secret or something?
1: Sort of. It's semi secret uh, because of gray areas with being with on hallucinogens. Uh, I, I don't know. The venue owners okay. just like okay. keep it somewhat yeah, anonymous. Keep
0: it, I, I think that's smart. But yeah. Um,
1: Aphrodisiac okay. or Evan Leslie Jones mm-hmm. on Twitter.
0: Yeah, or check out my Facebook page where I written yeah. all the shit about them anyway. But
1: uh, check, keep an ear mm-hmm. to the ground for that for the next The Only One Tripping. So. The Only One Tripping.
0: And you have video of that, I think, online, right?
1: Uh, I do have a lot of video, but not uploaded yet. That uh, is still, I'm saving that for like a big got a documentary. Lot of
0: he's got a lot of uh, the documentary.
1: I'm gonna, like, put together a documentary about the show at some point. Oh, wow. So,
0: that is yeah. awesome. So, um, and I want to remind you guys again to definitely. Look, look how much fun we had, huh? Wasn't it great? Oh yeah. So, you definitely don't want to miss the fundraiser then, right? The Radio Free Brooklyn Family Fundraiser on September 10th. And um it's going to be at Unit J Loft, 338 Moffitt Street, and we it's going to be really cool bands like Dead Leaf Echo, Falling Birds, Drew Cutler and the Heart and Hand Band. Amos Rose, you know, you know, um, Evan. This station is known a lot for music. Oh yeah. Yeah, I have nothing to do with music, directly, <laughs> but it is it is known for that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. I heard uh, they were
1: playing the fifties.
0: The fifties.
1: Or like, popular fifty years ago or whatever. Oh one of yeah, the, one of yeah, the that's
0: yeah, yeah. That's Jim. Yeah, that's cool. Jim Malone. Great show, great host. So look, we're almost we're almost out of time. I'm trying to bring this in on time. <laughs> say let's say goodbye. All say right. goodbye.
1: Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, you you have to sing sing the way out. We've got twenty seconds left.
1: All right, let's see if I can. Ac- oh man, on, let's see if I can Evan. actually hit the notes on bother. Okay, again.
0: come on, we got thirty seconds. You
1: don't need to bother. I don't need to be. Um, oh, that was way better. Hey, yeah. yeah,
0: you could practice. I'll get you a, I'll get you a spot on one of the music shows oh, here to revive I wish, your career.
1: Hell yeah. <laughs> Start a band. I'd love to do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, come to the fundraiser. There'll be lots of bands. Okay, folks, <laughs> that's it. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. Dr. Lisa gives
1: a shit. Dr. Lisa gives a shit about you.